Welcome to your Making It Worse. We're here, we're queer, who cares? I'm Elliot Glazer. And I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. Textual healing. Hi, guys. I have COVID. That's why I sound this way. Do I sound, sound different? Exactly I don't think. You sound exactly the same. You sound 100% I talked, I talked to someone same. on the phone and they were like, oh, you don't sound good. And so, like, I can't tell oh if I God. sound different or not. Um, I, listeners, I, I, you chime wait. in. I just want to throw this out. I, I literally just yesterday, I don't have COVID, and I saw, like, my gym crush, the one guy I've ever chatted with at the gym, and he goes, you look tired. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Who would ever oh, say wow. that to someone? I know. I, would I know. Well, unless it was, like, a good friend, I would probably say He's that. He's not but no. a good friend. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. Um, but I am I attracted to him, so I um, certainly took it to heart. Go ahead, Alan. If you guys go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash you're making it worse, you, of course, can sign up, and you can get early episodes, ad-free episodes. You can get our bonus segment. Oh, you son of a bitch, where today we talked extensively about poop. Um, yeah, <laughs> which we did. was, you know, that's what we do. Uh, but you can also now watch the full video versions of Oh, You Son of a Bitch over at our Patreon, patreon.com slash you're making it worse. It's lots of fun. It's really cheap. It's cheaper than most of your OnlyFans. So, you know, Brent, that was very important to Brent. So, like, let's yeah. let you could just go sign up for that. Yeah, go sign up. Patreon.com yeah. slash you're making it worse. Brent doing the old <laughs> Zoom. <laughs> from 2020 um alan would you like to would you like to start oh, us is, off this is mine oh. actually oh, no, it's not mine. oh someone's oh. got an ego today all right mm. elliot go ahead well i was very hesitant to talk about george santos at <laughs> yeah. all in this podcast i was i was torn why? i love him oh. see that's so that's so surprising oh, i hate I love him I'm i shocked. hate him but i hate him but i love him in a hateful way do you know what i mean Yes, but I don't think we should do that either. I think oh. we should pay him no mind, pay him no attention. You are um, the problem, Alan. <laughs> but I can. I'm making a, it worse this week. <laughs> right. A little context. I'm sure everyone at this point knows um, that George Santos was expelled, uh, expelled from Congress. And as we know, he's from New York. He lied to voters about where he went, where he went to high school, going to college, playing volleyball, working on Wall Street, having Jewish ancestry tied to the Holocaust. And September 11th attacks, among other things. Um, he is cool a guy. truly uh, outrageous. He is an ethics. He had an ethics committee um, investigate him, and they found lots of uh, improper uses of his um, campaign contributions, including Botox treatments, Hermes bags, OnlyFans purchases, and cash <laughs> withdrawals at at a casino. Um, he's still wow. under 23 federal criminal counts, including including wire fraud and identity theft which is why I don't want to support him. I don't want to hate him in any way that's fun or ironic. He's a monster. And this past week, he got uh, a swelling, a swell of, uh, of I guess you would call it support, financial in support. Interest, after, interest, yeah. Interest. Or mocking, he, let's say. I mean, really, yeah. it was mocking. But, it, but it's not mocking because he joined Cameo and started making a projection of what, of, uh, 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 of at least a million dollars, of, projecting at least a million dollars, which is many times what he would continue to make in Congress. Wait, you um, got a million dollars? They're projecting that he'll be making, he will be a millionaire from Cameo alone, which is- I doubt so, that, that. That seems like a headline, but okay. Even even if it isn't, by yeah. Tuesday, he'd already shot 150 videos um, and uh, said he continued to quote, crush another 60 or 70. And people have been posting the videos um, yeah. because they're getting him to say stuff about OnlyFans models or, you know, being like gay and fabulous, but his, but a main, you know, 
thread of his, a main recurring comment that he makes is about telling people who are paying to not let the haters get them down. So he's using the videos in a sense to basically echo the same sort of Trumpian philosophy that made him this like infamous scammer in the first place that he's telling people not to, he's saying basically like, don't let anybody tell you no. And he's this fabulous criminal who is just the ultimate scammer. And so I am, yeah. I'm not happy about it. And yeah. um, in his first few days, yeah, apparently he made the camp, the CEO of cameo, Stephen Galanis said that in his first few days, um, he'll make more money. He would make more money than he would in his with his congressional salary of one hundred seventy four thousand uh, dollars. Yeah. So I just did the math. So for what it's worth, he's charging five hundred dollars uh, for each cameo. So if if he wants to make a million dollars, all he has to do is make two thousand of those. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, he's only done what a couple hundred so far. Regardless, regardless of how much money he's making, I'm really surprised to hear that. Because I, I feel the same way, Elliot. I'm, I also find him detestable, and I find uh, I'm disheartened that that some of the worst people so consistently are getting the most attention in mm-hmm. our modern era. And I do feel like attention has become sort of the new currency. So I think it's, I, I definitely think it's safe to say it won't last for very long with George Santos. That would that would be my guess. Um, They're making a probably, movie about him. They'll yeah. pro- it'll probably be you know uh, a, a flash in the pan, um, if that's a phrase. But I was surprised that Alan likes it. Alan, tell us, tell us why. It's not that I like it. It's just that I don't care enough. I think it's ridiculous to be – I mean there are so many more worse people we should be angry about profiting off of other people's stuff and lies and corruption that I'm just sort of like some faggot in like New York who like lied about a bunch of shit that sure, he lied to voters, but it's also like, okay – who hasn't like the, I'm not I'm not as pissed about George Santos as I am about like Marjorie Taylor Greene or as I am about Donald Trump or as I am about, you know, yeah, somebody who legislates someone or... who actually does shit and has actual power. And if we want to spend time being all holier than thou, then some faggot is on cameo being there. <laughs> you go, girl. And who, who will find ways. These people will find ways to make you have fucking Sean Spicer, who also was a piece of shit going on being on Dancing with the Stars. It's no different than being on th- fucking I, Dancing with the Stars. I, but I think that's equally appalling. It's like we have to stop. It's it's so shitty that there are people out there who are feeding that ego, meaning yeah, like with George Santos, even if you're, quote unquote, making a joke and make and, and, and having him read a cameo that might ultimately be embarrassing to him. It doesn't matter. You're still paying him and you're feeding that attention and it's continuing the vicious cycle, which yeah. is why I think all of it awards him an, an amount of energy that we just that society should not give him after he's been such a. But I think can, I think having the conversation about who we should be spending energy on is actually kind of a pointless conversation because it is we're in a society now and this is going to love Brent's going to love this, that social media takes us in a direction conversationally that is sometimes very, very ridiculous. And the whole reason why this person is getting cameos for the next month, month and a half is because he's in the moment and people want to see him say ridiculous things. So they're willing to drop $500 to this douchebag oh, so that he'll, he can say ridiculous things and, I they hate can it. Go vi- and they can go viral on social media. I and hate that it. Is- and it's that awful. is just the nature of the world we live in. Now, sure, we can not yeah. be happy about it, but we also can't necessarily change that. So maybe we can sort of divert our energy from being angry about George Santos and possibly looking at some of the crazy things that this new Speaker of the House is doing. Mm, and, totally. And that's sort of where I'm like, 
you know, it's kind well, of like, go do your well, thing, I, George. I'm going to be focused on other things. Yeah, that sounds good, Alan. And good luck getting one billionth of the attention for what you want. <laughs> sure, uh, sure. Than, but that's not, but that's not the point. That's not what I'm talking about. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about it's a futile conversation in order to be upset about George Santos being on Cameo because it is no different than some half-assed celebrity being on Dancing with the Stars. It's just, it's it's fundamentally the exact same thing. So, like, it doesn't, I think it's kind of a mute point. It is, it's moot, but it's also shitty that both of those things are happening. And sure. to your point, it's not going to change. But yeah. I have to read this quote of George Santos so you understand my ire. He said, obviously, there's a monetary benefit to doing Cameo. I'm not here doing it for charity. But the other aspect is to remind these assholes who think they're holier than thou that they will be forgotten <laughs> in history and I will live forever, period. That's a forever. bad person who should not be rewarded. Like he is outward. First of all, he was in Congress. And so it's like, he is already a cheater. He's cheated people. He's a, yeah. he's a compulsive liar. And now he is only getting higher on that high horse to like, it's just, he's just, his personality is just abysmal. And I don't just think it's cameo. Yeah. I don't think it's helpful for Saturday night live to do, to, to like, do in, in you know bit after bit about him i don't you can just tell ultimately that it's like it's reaches this this like subsection of like twitter of like gay twitter i guess or even like gives straight people a, a, an ability to like point and laugh at the faggy guy and he's inviting it and i don't and I, even if they're not doing it from a homophobic place it yeah. all in my opinion it all sort of like feeds the same swill yeah, but at the same time, I'm also like the dude who incited January 6th is selling playing cards and selling them for a thousand dollars a piece. So Ugh. like, like how is and he was president? Like, how is that any different? It's not. Than, they're they're cut and, from the same cloth. And to me, I'm like, I don't know. I'm gonna be more focused on his trials than I am gonna care about George Santos on Samuel. I just don't care enough, you know? Yeah, that's why I didn't want. I mean, genuinely, that's why I was like, we we, have, we haven't talked about him at all. You know, I don't think it's worth the conversation, but this week I was like, this seems so, people are talking about this so much that it was like, let's just get this out of the way because he is the definition of making it worse. Oh, like yeah. for the gay community. For sure. For Congress, like he, he is just an abysmal character. And I can't, and you know, I mean, again, we were talking about Botox on our Patreon, join our Patreon. <laughs> um, but he says like, this is what, this is what sort of perpetuates these conversations. He literally says, Botox keeps you young. Fillers keep you plump. If you have haters, that means you're doing something right, girl. I'm like, <laughs> you should die. The delusion. The delusion. The delusion. Not even joking. We are joined today by someone that I'm quite literally obsessed with. Jeff Hiller. Hello, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. <laughs> Hi. How are you? <laughs> that was a bit of a muted response to my excitement, which I feel like I feel like you're probably used to. You know? <laughs> no, honestly, I didn't know what to expect intro wise. And I was like, oh, it's just, uh, you know, I'm really I'm really in that like, oh, I'm just really starting to run kind of a situation. I'm also, I, you know, I'm in New York, so I'm like, I'm I'm uh, I don't know. It's it's later here. Let's it's later, it's yeah, later, it's later there, here. you know. How are life. you doing, Jeff? How are things? <laughs> well, they're good. Yeah. They're, they're fine. Yes. yes. I'm uh, I'm sitting in my husband's art studio oh, uh, nice. on a Sunday night. It's raining outside. Oh. <laughs> the dog's at home, so I'm a single lady out on the town. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, to anyone who's listening who doesn't know about Jeff, shame on you because Jeff is in one of my favorite, like the shows that I'm just so obsessed with right now that I tell everyone about. If they're not watching it, I scold them. It's called Somebody Somewhere and it's on Max now, we call oh. it, right? It's Max. Um, yeah. And it is, your performance is incredible. The show is incredible. It's one of the funniest, most original shows I've seen on television in like the last 10 years. It is just Thank you. so, so good. Do you guys watch it, Elliot and Brett? It's on my list. Oh. <laughs> Work. Uh, 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 Work. Alan, Alan, you know I only watch documentaries about ships that go down in the Pacific <laughs> well, Ocean. So I let me tell and, you, and, and airplanes, airplanes right, that go down in the ocean. <laughs> let me tell you what's so unique about this is that it's set in small, like rural America, but it's filled with these cast of sort of like queer characters and also just sort of just like weirdos in small town America celebrating sort of weirdness in rural America. Wouldn't you agree, Jeff? Yeah, totally. And I also would say, I know, Brenton Elliott, that you're probably looking at that poster or at the like description or like you've heard somebody be like, I'm, I cried. And it's not sad. It's <laughs> no. not yeah. sad. Yeah. No. And it's only like 20 minutes an episode. So you can binge a whole season in less time it takes to watch a Marvel movie. You can binge half a season on your way into plummeting into the Pacific Ocean on a, on a plane. But, um, <laughs> sorry, Elliot, go ahead. I think it's funny because it's like you and Bridget Everett are the stars of the show. Yeah. And if you are f familiar with your work, you both know that the, you would know that both of you are like incredibly funny, incredibly charming and incredibly unique. And so the poster is a little bit of a misdirect. If you're, you know, like familiar with you two and you're like, Oh, that looks so like thoughtful and, and, and like, um, yeah, it looks like thoughtful and and and, and serious or half serious, you know. And you guys are just so body and funny and bold and colorful. So I can see why people would think it would be a sad show. Yeah, I mean, well, it's not. It's not. It really is not. And the thing is, is like I get that from the poster, Elliot. But when you when you watch it, you realize that like the things that I mean, I've been watching Jeff at UCB for years now, and and of course Bridget for years now too. And like when you watch it you see the weirdness of your performance, like the things that you've been doing on stage for years, it's actually in the show in really unique, subtle ways that like you wouldn't expect to be in. It's in Iowa, right? I'm like, it's Iowa? Kansas. Kansas, they're the same really. Right. Sorry, anyone in Kansas and Iowa. <laughs> they're basically the same. Um, but like, what's so interesting is that like, you kind of bring that energy, like even Bridget's music or sort of like, your like quirkiness in terms of how you interact with people on stage and in scenes and stuff. It's all there in the show. It's so good. Thank you. That means I, a lot coming from you. I, I follow you on Instagram. So I know, I know your appreciation of taste. good television. <laughs> well, thank that you. Is, that wait, is correct. So, wait, yeah, wait, but Jeff, tell us a little bit about your experience. Like, like, what are your thoughts? Uh, what's it like kind of being on, being on the show that has such a, you know, ravenous uh, fan base? Like, what's it been like for you? Well, I, I'm the leader of the fan base and we, <laughs> yeah. fight, we fight to keep it on television every single year, but I'm definitely leading that train. <laughs> I, it's true. It's like not a ravenous. I mean, yeah. I will say. <laughs> I mean, I will say, like, the people who watch it really do like it, but, uh, you know, it's not Game of Thrones. <laughs> sure. All right. Fair enough. Um, I don't even think it's, like, Fuller House. You know what I mean? It's, uh, um, it, it, it's nice to be uh, working. I don't know. You know how it is. It's like, of course. You know, <laughs> I mean, it, also, like, before I was on this show, I was playing, like, you know, 
mean waiters on sitcoms. <laughs> so it's nice to like have a name. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and a, an, inner, an inner life, as they yeah. say. Yeah. 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 Well, you also play someone who is like, I mean, what I love about it's not necessarily I wouldn't say it's a queer show at all, but there are there are queer storylines in it that they're just they're not even announced. It's just a part of it's an organic part of the story, which is something that like Elliot and Brent and I have talked about for years and that like no one has to necessarily come out of the closet. Being queer is not necessarily a thing. Even being trans in the show, there's a character, a lead character that's trans. It's not necessarily a huge discussion on the show. It is just an integrated part of the story and who these people are as friends and and who these people are as a community, too, because the community is just as important. And with your character, I find it so fascinating that, like, you're just this queer person, queer Christian person in this community who is just trying to date and live <laughs> in the way that you date and live. And did that like did that stick out to you as something that was sort of unique to portray? Yeah, totally, because, you know, like there's not a lot of queer people who are who like go to church mm-hmm. on TV, you know? Yeah. Um, but like I grew up in Texas and um, uh, I knew I went to, <laughs> I don't want to brag, but I went to Texas Lutheran college, oh, um, yeah. which is, you know, the Harvard of Seguin, Texas. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so I knew a lot of like gay people um, who went to church uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't say I knew any trans people who went to church. I don't think I knew any trans people. Maybe now, but not not then. And um, and they found community there, and they mm-hmm. uh, they liked it. And it's funny because sometimes I'll do like I did a a podcast for like uh, this is random, but it was like for the abortion network. I don't know what it was. Quit bragging! <laughs> quit bragging! <laughs> you did a podcast for the abortion. The Wait, abortion I hope network. like I hope like pro abortion. <laughs> I don't know. Wouldn't that be? It was pro. It was pro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I just want to stop it and save those babies <laughs> until they're born and then get out of here. Right, right. Um, no, I just, uh, anyway, they were like, but this show isn't, re- that, that was such a, I did not need to give you that information and it really took us in a strange turn, but um, they were like, wait a minute, no gay people are really like that, but this show is nice because it just paints this picture of places that don't exist and um, uh, I, um, anyway, all these and not all these people, one person wrote me and was like, we do exist. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I met them and they do exist too. Are totally. you like, like, are, are you abortion? <laughs> presumably you were like raised religious. Obviously you went to a Lutheran college. Like, are you still yeah. religious? Do you, could you go to ceremonies or church or something? Ceremonies. 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 I don't know. Like, I, like I don't know. Like, I guess I'll see you there. Huh? Uh, <laughs> I hope I win the crown this year at the ceremony. Um, the God crown, the Jesus yeah, it's crown. It's a crown of thorns. Um, n- I don't go anymore. No, but I did. I went, you know, well into my adulthood. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I went all the time as a kid. I mean, my husband's Jewish and, uh, you know, uh, I don't really, I found a community. Yeah. So I don't need it. I don't need a community anymore. So yeah, I don't yeah. want to go. It, 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 it's interesting because I do think it's like this is actually something we were talking about if, either on our podcast or our Patreon. Join our Patreon, everyone. <laughs> yeah. uh, but we were talking about how like I was in Boise. I found myself in Boise, Idaho, and I was, you know, thumbing through Hinge, as I always do. And I was really taken aback. Just, yeah. Despite yeah. being in a really conservative part of the country, I was taken aback with how many people were noted that they were atheists 
Mm. And obviously, I think that's a reflection of, you know, gay people generally kind of spurning church um, because they spurned us first. But, mm. you know, there's is religion is still a huge part of like a lot of gay people's lives. And I th- feel like it totally slips under the radar. Yeah. Um, and there are terrible churches. Yeah. I get that, you know, but yeah. there are like some good ones too that yeah, are like the sure. only places in a community that are offering any sort of social justice. They're only, they're the yeah. only place to go if you have no food for the month, you know, there's yeah. no, um, so, you know, yeah, well, also, like there's some real shitty ones too. And yeah. a big part of the storyline. the church. Yeah, yeah, no. Abortion. Um, <laughs> no, a big part of the storyline, even I think in the first season is your character sort of in secret having these sort of like musical nights at, at the at one of the rooms in the church so that basically like weirdos and queer people can come and just sing and just have fun for the night and it's a church activity in a lot of ways and it's sort yeah. of it's i mean that's kind of like that's kind of awesome i think for like a small town america to have that because religion is a big part of that part of the country's fabric you know what i mean it's a huge so how do you get away from that and i think there's a lot of queer people who probably struggle with that oh how do you get away from like if you don't have the option to not go to church if you're living in something like iowa like that becomes where you meet people that becomes the fabric of sort of your community in a lot of ways and there's like a a a a network of like finding the cool church you know like there's Mm. like (laughs) there's like this whole um... the pastor who plays guitar and (laughs) (laughs) my my mom sometimes talks about a a unitarian church that my brother joined that she's just like god they really fucked him up they really they really (laughs) too too liberal for your liberal mom it was well it wasn't even so much it was too liberal they just did stupid things and it was just sort of like come on stop being stupid it's church you do it once a week like yeah come on it's stupid well jeff you also like you alluded to you make a name for yourself as a amazing character actor on like a shit ton of sitcoms playing angry waiters um (laughs) and then i aged into maitre d's i was like oh shit (laughs) are you a real job all right are you still getting i mean because even just this last season you were on you had a great part on the american horror is it horror stories or horror story i can never tell which one Mm. is what well i was on both but oh there you go there you go but you had on the the nyc one that was a big one right yeah, that was, that was just story. That was just yeah, the one. That was just the story. Okay. Are you getting? Are you still getting the angry maitre d roles after all of this stuff that you've been doing recently? I don't know. I've been on strike for like a year. It feels like yeah. so. I haven't True. done anything really. Um, <laughs> n- no, I mean I don't even. I haven't even had. An, well, I really truly haven't had an audition <laughs> since like February, and it was for like a cartoon voice. But um, you know, I would play a waiter. I would. Yeah. Hey. Hey, work, work, work is work. It, it, yeah. it, it is it is remarkable that like still the consistency, whenever you need a mean person in a script, the default is still to hire a gay guy. Like Always. a feminine, just yeah. universally. And I feel like that's maybe what you're insinuating, Jeff, and describing yeah. uh, you know, the exactly roles what that I you're am. cast yeah. in. And, and it, it still bums me out just like, just the way we are depicted as as just kind of, vitriolic vicious people who are at all times willing to cut someone's appearance down <laughs> yeah it's very very disheartening to me but um, then you spend 15 minutes on grinder and you realize a lot of it's true <laughs> oh my god <laughs> blocked yeah i mean blocked. come on yeah. you know i mean but does that does that ever bother you jeff like sometimes where you're just sort of like do you ever feel like you're stereotyped into a role yeah 
hundred percent. Um, but I, I also felt like, God, maybe this is just me. Like I'm going to Brene Brown and be vulnerable here, but like, um, maybe I, I should have said no to some of these roles, but it was like, I need health insurance. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Worse. I'm going to go play the, whatever the, the, yeah, the, the, the queen go- that's like, that, that, that's the, you absolute- look horrible. Right. Right. <laughs> Right. <laughs> um, you know what? Oh. The one time I was on this pilot of like a multicam sitcom and it was like, everybody was big and crazy. And my character was sort of gay, like gay, but it it was actually, it was written by a gay person. It was written by Brian Gallivan. who's like, oh yeah. I love Brian. Yeah. Great, and we love guest, him. Guest on our show. We love him. Oh, it's the best. Right. And I got uh, somebody on NPR was like, in the review of the show said that I was um, like a, 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 a terrible stereotype. Wow. I shouldn't, I shouldn't be allowed to be on TV. And I was like, I wasn't even trying to play it all that crazy. I was just, I was just being me. I I, I love how, I love how in trying to create a a better world with fewer gay stereotypes, that writer was being vicious and mean and catty, just like all the other gay men on the planet i suppose there's one True. show that i that i love that you did that i don't think got a fair shake was called nightcap oh yeah I was that, a, that so that was with um uh Al, oh my god ali wentworth ali wentworth george oh, stephanopoulos's yes. wife yes um was that a and it was like a it was a fictional show about being backstage at an at a at a late night show right yeah Mm-hmm. So was that a fun show to work on? It looked like it was like sort of like a hybrid and like imp- pseudo improvised. It just looked like a fun show to work on. It was, yeah, they did. They let you improvise anything you wanted. And like we would show up at around nine and we would be racked around six. We oh, were nice. on one set. Everything was internal. So you never had to go anywhere. So nice. had, yeah, it was dreamy, also, actually. Allie I loved worth, it. Allie went Shot in oh. town. She does not get the respect that she deserves, Allie Wentworth. No, I stan Allie Wentworth so hard. She's I mean, to me, she's she's no, she is like George Stephanopoulos is her husband. She is not his wife. Like the the phrasing is she is first. Like she was on in Living Color. Yes, she was. And she was on she had her own show on the Stars Network. And Nightcap was on the Pop Network. And they were the the one she played a therapist on this one called like Headcases or whatever. Oh, like all the people, the famous people on our show, it was like Sarah Jessica Parker and mm-hmm. Gwyneth Paltrow. And she's she's a like socialite. She's famous, like best. She grew up people. with Brooke Shields. Like yeah, she's like <laughs> Brooke famous. was on the show. Yeah, uh, I met Brooke. She was so nice. I mean, you got to meet like it was like being on Saturday Night Live. You got to meet all of these insanely famous people. And I also love that she was just like very casually friendly with Wendy Williams and would go on her show. Like <laughs> Wendy every was week. on our show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! I, no, so what? it was a fun show. My hunch was correct. Yeah, it was. It was great. Wow. Except for it was on the Pop Network, and people were like, "I don't know what that is." And <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Me neither, yeah. bro." <laughs> what's what's there's like there's that one network that I'm always like, "This is a thing." I think it's called Cheddar. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like that's the only network where I get general meetings still. But uh, uh, you know, another another general at Cheddar. 
I also uh, feel like it's what's that one that advertises free TV? Like, uh, what is the Pluto? What is it? Pluto, and you, you download Pluto, and it's just like, what the fuck is this? this is not yeah. television. This yeah. is like random shit that it's, nobody it's, wants to watch. It's entire. No, see, that's where I disagree with you because, <laughs> in, oh. in fact, Alan Pluto is right up your alley because is every it? yes, every network instead of like having television networks, uh, yeah. they will show only. Uh, on a certain like channel, they will show only unsolved mysteries from the '90s oh, for days at a time. They'll yeah, show. I mean, I get that on Peacock. Sitcoms. Well, okay, I guess you can join <laughs> Peacock. And do they do they have a network that's only Turner Classic Movies, twenty four hours, seven I'm days sure a week? I'm sure they do. They, they probably have, like, hundreds. don't. They, they can't do. afford that. It's free. They can't afford that. It's movies. <laughs> no, I think no. There's still ads. But can't you can't just ads. go on Max and watch it. I mean, yes, you can, but I need the channel. I need it in the background. I need to be surprised by Rosemary Clooney. I get it. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Fair enough. When it's Max and you're like choosing it, it's different. No, Mm -hmm. I will never choose Rosemary Clooney. She will always just surprise (laughs) me. Um, Jeff, you also, you're also like, you're, I mean, like I said earlier, you're legendary in sort of the world of UCB and I mean, you're still a masterful improviser. I mean, really just insane. If you haven't seen Jeff perform, it's like, it's, I mean, I I think I first saw you out here actually, like in like 2010, maybe, I don't know, like a a while ago. I lived there from 2011 to 2015. Okay. So Mm. yeah, it would have been in that window. Yeah. And I mean, just how you. Like I, I often don't like improv because it, 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 it stresses me out, and I feel like I'm watching rehearsal. Same. You know, but yeah. when a great, but when a great improviser gets up there and does something it's truly great like you, it's next level. No. Do you still? I mean, do you still do improv like at UCB and stuff? Yeah. Well, I was supposed to do a show tonight, but I canceled it to do this. Yeah. <laughs> but thank yeah. you. I do. I do. Thank I you. Do. I hope they turn everyone away at the door. You. Oh, oh, they pay you now. You turned down money for us. We're sorry. Well, uh-huh. I didn't pay. No, don't, you know, don't worry. <laughs> it's like it's like do you fifty dollars. Yeah. <laughs> do you still enjoy improv the way you used to? And and has it changed? You know, since you've you've been doing it for a long time, has it changed? Do you still enjoy it the way it used to, or is it? I mean, I don't know how you 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 seem so comfortable when you do it, and I wonder if the life of it of having done it for so long changes or evolves in some way. Well, like like you, I really love doing it, but I don't like watching it, and uh, I think also because I taught for so long, and um, mm-hmm. I I I saw so much bad improv yeah yeah like years of my life just being like okay who who went when who went when where um (laughs) who are you to each other um so that has changed but i think also um like i this okay this is the less funny jokey answer and and but it's it's like before i was really doing it to be like will someone please notice me and let me work on a job that's good instead of yeah <laughs> instead of just like um you know whatever playing the matrix and yeah. now it's like oh, i'm i'm just doing this for me for fun yeah. and yeah. so i don't i don't do it nearly as much as i used to do like i ne- i mean no shade but i never would have canceled a show before i was yeah. Yeah, on yeah, a tv yeah. show i just yeah. would have yeah. been like oh God, what if what if lauren yeah. is in the audience yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
it's a uh, it's it, it's what it's Wally Pip. Uh, it's the Wally Pip syndrome. Who was the he was the second baseman for the Yankees who got sick. He got a headache one day in the like the twenties, and he said, "Hey, you guys can let the rookie play." And the rookie was Lou Gehrig, and Lou Gehrig famously then played twenty one hundred consecutive games. And so oh. while while you know the Wally Pip is the reason why you should never cancel. Uh, it's also Shirley McLean, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, right. yes, who went on for the pajama game and yes. some yes. shit uh-huh. during the middle of steam heat, uh-huh. and then got a big, a big movie contract. I don't right. even know the lady. <laughs> Gretchen right. Weiler, I can't remember. Her first film was with Alfred Hitchcock. Can you believe no, that? Okay. No, insane. Well, before insane. we get Wait. off on that roller coaster, I want to ask you, Jeff, a little oh, I, bit I love, more I about love teaching. Brent hijacking to talk I'm about baseball, like, but then no, once yeah. the guys start talking about like a well, diva, he's like the umpteen. Time I gotta tell you, Brent, it really shocked no me. Cares about. Uh, no, no, but I do want to hear more about you teaching improv because that because I knew that about you, and I I just like I like what was that like? What was that experience? How long did you do it for? And like, did you still like find joy in it, or did you actually kind of hate it? Well, and just add on to that, did you ever tell someone who was really bad that it probably <laughs> wasn't for them? <laughs> no. Um, I didn't ever because, um, but sometimes when people come to me and be like, I'm not getting it and I'm not getting it. I would always say, you don't have to get it. This doesn't gonna, this is not gonna help you at all. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't yeah. want to ever please do improv again, don't ever do improv again. Like yeah. it's not write something, go write something like right. go yeah. do a thing that you feel passionate about. Cause this is ephemeral and no one ever calls you in from it (laughs) (laughs) anyhow but i did teach i i what i what i always said about teaching is like um it was so much better than temping or waiting tables but then when you have to like sometimes like if i did a workshop now i think it'd be kind of fun because it was you know you know for just for fun yeah but when you had to do it for like to make your rent it it started to feel oppressive of course <laughs> yeah. and having and to, then like, i started to... doing like ones where you'd go and teach lawyers at like a, a law firm oh. yeah and that was really i mean it was better money but it was it was miserable and one time i went to this law firm and they had like these things on the wall of like accomplishments from their firm <laughs> oh, no. and i was like oh my god they're bragging about the bad things like yeah we broke that union <laughs> yeah 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 right <laughs> we got rights to drill in alaska and you're like right oh, God. <laughs> now let's play zip zap zap <laughs> that is really funny you probably went to jones day it's like the most conservative like corporate law firm and again this famously. is literally you've dropped two that, things here, that, Brent, that, that like, was like no a tenth of a knows. second that was a tenth of a second you're like I, alan's like i want to i want to talk about you know penelope and miller for 25 minutes and i'm like no thanks no thanks you want to oh talk about God. a law firm in mid in midtown manhattan you want to talk <laughs> Well, back to gay shit, <laughs> Jeff. Um, you started at UCB, one of I, I think one of the first sort of queer uh, improv troops, right? Neely O'Hara was that? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like how? What, I don't know. What, if it was the first. It was like one of first it was one early. Yeah, first one you did. Early, early. What was? What was? I mean, was doing it with queer people more annoying or <laughs> enjoyable? <laughs> 
<laughs> it depends on the queer person. At the time, there weren't a lot of people to choose. Like now, if you wanted to start, a, you could start like 20 different queer improv yeah. groups now. There's like a ton of really yeah. amazing, talented people. But then it was like, we've got six. <laughs> and so it was like, you two are great, buddy. Yeah. Let's edit that one real quick, you know? <laughs> But what are you going to do? Not have that person there? You got everybody there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but yeah. before you go, I just want to ask how tell us a little bit about, about your romance and your 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 husband. He's an artist. A fun we romance. A, we partner, got a little bit partner. of Tell us about your partner. <laughs> um, well, first of all, A Fine Romance was the name of Candace Bergen's second book. Yeah, just rubbing that in there for Brent. Yes, wow. She's like, can you really feel it? Print. It was fantastic. Yeah. I'm all for really these 10 second that. asides. I'm all for that. But I, get Alan started on like four minutes. Anyway, go ahead, Jeff. Tell us. Um, well, we've been together for 16 years. So, oh, wow. Um, and I, when I lived in L.A., we were together, but he lived in New York. And so right. that was, that was hard. And so mm-hmm. that's why I came back. Otherwise I'd still be living in LA. Yeah. Um, I liked it. I like, I like getting avocado for free. I like, um, <laughs> free refills on sodas. I love big <laughs> spacious targets. I love it all. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, wine in the grocery store. <laughs> work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, it is nice to be in the same, uh, uh, city as my yeah. partner yeah. um you know we go to the farmer's market now it's real cute mm-hmm. and um we did That's... get married but not in a way that had like a wedding or anything because it was it was really just like look if you die i want the apartment that right. kind of situation <laughs> <laughs> the proposal was like me being like oh it's legal in both states now i guess we should yeah and he was like yeah okay just sometime before the end of the year so we get the tax right off. And please tell me it was over text. Please, like, that would make yeah, it even better. Be, be fantastic. Hey, did you hear? It's legal in both. <laughs> it's legal in both. And then, Pop and then cork you, emoji. You send a gif. You send a gif of Rosemary Clooney just jumping <laughs> off. No, that was a Rosemary Clooney. So, so was that? Wait, Rosemary Clooney. <laughs> Not Rosemary Clooney. Who was the one in Poseidon Adventure? Why am I blanking on her name? Help, oh, help me. Um, help me. Oh my god. Oh my god. Uh, you know who I'm talking about? Yes, she was in um, Lolita. Van Frank. Uh, Shelley. Shelley. Shelley Winters. Winters. Shelley Winters. Yes, Shelley. she dives off the thing. That's the gif you would send after you say, "Let's do it." Yeah. But <laughs> as you said earlier, Rosemary Clooney always surprises you, and she yes. just did again. That is yes. true. Oh, like Rosemary yes. Clooney, isn't she like the yes. singer? She sings Mambo Italiano. She, she was in movies too. Thank you. Oh, no. thank yeah. you. George's aunt, I believe. Yes. Yes. Baby. I love yes. it. Um, oh, yeah. Well, Yepo baby Jeff, on many levels. Let thank you so much for doing the podcast. Where can people find you on the internet? Where can they follow and support you? Uh, you can find me on. Um, Instagram at boom, boom, Hiller. And if you live in Chicago, please come see my solo show, middle aged ingenue on February 4th at the den. Oh, there you go. February Wonderful. 4th. You have a lot of Chicago yeah. listeners. Probably. Who knows? We don't know. Right. Possible. Right. We got a lot of base, baseball fans. A lot of big yeah, baseball, baseball and fans. And fans oh of all friends in Midtown Manhattan. Yep. Oh, yep. man. <laughs> man. That Pippin thing. Well, no, it wasn't Pippin. What was his name? Wally Musical. And it didn't Wally have Pip. anything to do with baseball. It's just <laughs> the fundamentals of the story. <laughs> Hi. 
and another thing. So, here's a question for you guys. I religiously wake up in the middle of the night. Um, almost every single night, usually between three and four o'clock. Sometimes it takes me 30 minutes to fall back asleep. Sometimes it takes me three hours. But I've always said that anxiety in the middle of the night is anxiety 2.0. It is, there's just something about like the, the state that my brain is in at that time of the day that I am just so anxious about whatever is like happening in my life. And I was curious, and usually it's kind of the same themes that kind of pop up for me. I was curious for you guys, what is your middle of the night angst? I was, and I'll, I'll give you a lead in to give you a little bit more time to think about it. I was chatting with a friend uh, at a party last night, two nights ago, and I had no idea that he wanted kids, but he does. Mm. He is 39. And he was telling me, he's like, I, I had to get a prescription for... I'm forgetting what, which one it is, an anti-anxiety. Ambien? Oh. Uh, because he said, I've been waking up with crippling anxiety in the middle of the night, worried about, have I waited too long to have kids and is it too late for me? Which it is, the answer is, it is not. But um, that said, it, it just, it surprised me and it took me back. So do you guys have any, hmm. like, what what are what are your middle of the night angsts? Mine's money, usually, dad, because I mean, since cancer, dad has sort of followed me. And right. so... um so money is certainly one of, but I feel like that's the case for probably yeah. for mo most people. Like yeah. money and work are probably the two things that most people wake up in the middle of the night. I don't really wake up in the middle of the night for anything else. Occasionally, I'll get like health scares and I'll obsess over something, but all sure. always always related back to cancer, and that'll keep me up as well. Yeah, you know, can I also tell you another fun aside before we get to Elliot? Alan on the podcast like a year ago. Elliot and I talked about how we wake up in the middle of the night and we just can't help it. I sometimes have to pee. Sometimes it just happens naturally. And Alan, Alan was in his, you know, in the true Alan way. He's like, you guys shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. It should like, you should avoid that. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck to do, Alan. And so now I, I'm not kidding. Like two out of three nights when I wake up and I have to like go pee. I always think of Alan scolding me for waking up. <laughs> it surprises me. Night. It surprises me that you have to like, do you not like, do you not feel like you empty enough before you sleep to make I, it through the night? I try. Like, how much are you drinking so before bed? Hard. I try. So there's a couple factors here. I don't know why. I drink. I don't really drink that much over the course of my day, and I don't know what it is. But at night, I am so thirsty. I'm always thirsty at night, mm. and I also will. I mean, I bend over backwards to drain. <laughs> to pee as much as i possibly can before mm -hmm. i go to bed and i just again that? nine times no i just mean like <laughs> i i wait i wait right. until it hurts and then i'm and then i like Oof. go right before bed and then and then i it doesn't matter i still wake up at five o'clock see i'm not really i'm not really conscious of it but i know that i stop drinking actively around 10. i know i stop sort of like having big glasses of stuff i won't have a soda i won't have anything like that like i yeah. won't like i won't drink a lot after 10 o'clock so that way when i know when i go to bed around like 12 31 mm -hmm. i pee i know i'm gonna be good and then yeah i can i mean okay, of course there are moments where i have to get up but it's usually like i'll be in bed and i won't be asleep yet and i'll think oh i should probably pee again and i'll get up and go pee but i'm rarely yeah. ever woken up to go pee yeah, yeah. I have that same, the, the, the few, the rare nights where I toss and turn uh, before I fall asleep, I'm always like, oh, 
Brent, you should go pee right now before yeah. you fall asleep. And then I get one more in. And so that, that's always a good feeling. Now, t- yeah. Elliot, tell us about your middle of the night angst. Um, let's see. My middle of the night angst. I mean, it used to be like that I was having some sort of um, psychotic break. <laughs> psychotic break. <laughs> wow. Like uh-huh. if I couldn't go to sleep and then like I would close my eyes and see stars. It's really it's... <laughs> <laughs> I would be. I would with the moon. Like... Would the moon be coming for you? Because like, I know you're scared like, of the moon. Like I know what you're saying. Like the usual thing when you close your eyes at night, sometimes you see like stars in your eyes, right? Like yes. is that what you're talking? But that would give yeah. you anxiety. Yeah, it would all sort of <laughs> snowball into some sort of anxiety where it's like I couldn't fall. Asleep. I mean, I'm also thinking specifically of the time that I was in a relationship with somebody who would say good night and turn his back to me. And okay. like, it was essentially like his version, like leaving the room. So oh. that would sort of spin me out a little bit. And oh, that wait, would then why cause... would that spin you out? Wait. Because it was just so cold. Why is it cold though? He's sleeping. Because he's like, because it was like, good night. Don't bother me now. Oh, so I w- think... w- was there, uh, I'm sorry, Alan. Oh, Alan, go ahead. I mean, well, my, my reaction to that is maybe you're overthinking that and he's just wanting to sleep. Probably that yeah. I, it, he was, but I, <laughs> yeah. I was also like. Because <laughs> you want to cuddle okay. and stuff. So I was going to yeah. say, that's my nightmare. I mean, there's nothing worse. That's ex- I do what your ex did. I mean, your ex, to be fair, your ex is ice cold. But I do what your ex does, which is I cannot sleep embracing someone. And so whenever I someone is in my bed, which these days ain't often, but whenever someone is in my bed, I always turn my back. I can't fall asleep otherwise. Yeah, I, yeah, mean, I same. understand that. We're the same way. I mean, we, we use different blankets. Like, I mean, where there's no, there's definitely a need Wait, for. Brent, are you still sleeping on five pillows? I have, I have six pillows now. What, you sleep so you... on them? I sleep on four layered a certain way. And then I have two on either side. Two for, wow. for each arm to, to rest upon. <laughs> Face down? Uh, I sleep on my stomach with my head tilted to, to the side. Wow. And your body is on four pillows. Staggered. My body is on four pillows and each arm has its own pillow. You know what I've started <laughs> to have to do? I've had like, to like what you would do to a cadaver. <laughs> I, uh, yes. Or a I've queen. Had to, I've had Sorry. to lift my uh because my the physical therapist suggested it, uh like for my back problems, you know, because it says I'm trying to sleep on my side more because it's bad to sleep on your stomach and all the things. Mm. So I've been putting a pillow sort of like between my legs and sort of yeah. straddling mm-hmm. it that way. Yeah. And that's actually been very helpful. Oh, you know, a body pillow is, is heaven. You know, I need to get one of those, but I only yeah. have two pillows. I have one for my head and one mm. for my, my, wow. my straddle. I'm sorry. You don't have when more I, money for pillows. Um, go I, ahead, Elliot. <laughs> I uh, actually at the height of my lower back pain, I love to lay, I love sleeping. I prefer to sleep on my stomach, but as we know from physical therapy and chiropractics and back, you know, you're not supposed to do that. So I got a pillow that has a, a circle in it. Mm. Oh, I, I've, I've wondered if the, if those exist because I do you like that. Do you like a similar it? way? I mean, I would like it, but I can't. There's no. You can't breathe. It's like there's no. The air oh, gets trapped in there. Yeah, and so it yeah. sucks. But I I, would, actually, I had I had a friend who had one of those pillows, and and oh he God. suffocated. He, he died. Oh, yeah, God, he died. He died. He died. I thought it'd be interesting to make a mattress where. There are a hole in it. Or air. Hole <laughs> oh my god! Air and like you sleep down, but your neck is not crooked. Your I, back is straight. 
I'm not kidding. I've had the same thought, but the mattress has a colostomy bag that you can pee into. <laughs> oh my god! Well, I thought that. Bag, you're, you're not peeing into the bag. You need a yeah, colostomy bag yeah, that goes look, into your actual look, body. It, it has it has a garbage bag of some kind that collects <laughs> my urine, so I don't have to get out of bed. That's so the um, idea of uh, Brent constructing a mattress that he could find in like Skid Row, cutting out a face <laughs> a face hole, adding a bag to where your penis would go, and you're laying on pillows. It's like the yeah. The, the like the 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 Brent mattress is like has all these weird bumps on it where his other <laughs> pillows would go in your hand <laughs> That's so garbage bag hanging out for pee. <laughs> uh, well, thanks for asking me about my angst, guys, in the middle of the night. Oh yeah, what is your angst? Um, in the middle we of the know night? your angst. It's like you know, I don't know your hairline. I don't know what it would be <laughs> like. I'm trying to think. Like, what are things that you would be irrationally be angsty about? Thank you for adding irrationally, Alan. I was a little... You, you worry about things that we're both like, you, what are you talking about? That's crazy. Well, thank you. Uh, m- middle of the night, I, I, can generally, I can generally cope with politics during the day. Middle of the night is when I wake up and I'm, I'm really? like sick, sick, anxious about like the trajectory of this. The, the stability of our democracy is really one. <laughs> it hits me at 3 a.m. <laughs> That's wild. I actually don't uh, think you're alone in that. No, I certainly know I'm not alone in that. Yeah, no, for sure. Not these days. Or I not, mean, <clears throat> yeah, I feel very selfish with my angsty because mine's all just very much about me. I, I mean, look, I, I I won't say money's never popped into my head at that at that hour too, but I think that's and it, that's the thing. It's like some you wake up and it's already in your head. You know, yeah. the what angst gets you, is already in your head, and uh, and what gets you back to sleep? Uh, I, <laughs> you're gonna Uh-oh. you're gonna love this. I gen these days I generally will put on cross-examination videos from murder trials <laughs> <laughs> to bore you or soothe you to it's just it's it's perfectly it's the perfect background noise that isn't it isn't like something silly like the you know waves on the beach but it is uh it's interesting if i if i might be awake enough that i actually want to kind of pay attention to what's happening but it's also easy to tune it out. So I have right a vision. Now it's, it's worked well. I have a vision of you with your husband in a short few years at 4 a.m., whoever you marry, and both of you bonding over how quickly that head just got chopped right off. Just like, can you believe it? So, so little just, blood. So little blood. Who knew? I'm surprised. I'm Well, let's go to sleep now. Night, sweetie. <laughs> 12 pillows or yeah. f- 24 pillows in the bed. Four, like, yeah. Four, four in the morning. We're both awake. I'm like, Hey, have you ever seen that ISIS video? That one? <laughs> ever seen this one? What would your aunt say? Brent, what would your aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's show? I'm so pleased. I'm finally done with all my Christmas shopping for your uncle for George Santos videos. (laughs) My Aunt Joanne would say I would never pay for a George Santos cameo, but I would pay for a Rabbi Shmuley Botiak if he got on cameo. (laughs) (laughs) How about Aunt Anne? Aunt Anne would say, I'll tell you what keeps me up at night. The price of Spanx, they are almost $100. Brent, this is true. It is Have you so researched that, true. Brent? I have researched that. Now, I am always so endlessly delighted with what Aunt Anne has, this, has to say. That's what I worry about. Sometimes when I have to buy skims, it's expensive. 
Anchoan too, by the way. Yes, they are. They are very expensive. I mean, not ex- none as as expensive as that four hundred dollar Kanye West neo Nazi T shirt you bought. But yes, <laughs> I didn't buy quite that. Quite expensive. I didn't buy that. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm not going to say who. Okay, that's the end. Goodbye. <laughs>